Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 23 of the Red Light Hockey Podcast. And it's myself, Mr. Liam, and we're here with the big bad Chad Dog from California. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, just living in California. It's warm all the time. <laughs> Same old story. <laughs> Um, for our new listeners coming in from the UK, because we just did a uh, interview on our chat and spin radio in England, uh, welcome to the show. And I guess from around the world, if you did come over from that show, uh, welcome to listening to us. I guess thanks for coming. Um, yeah, I just did an interview on chat and spin radio in England to talk about our podcast and whatever. So I guess the English listeners wanted us to kind of talk about the EIHL. That was a request. Uh, which is the English league in England. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, there's not much to talk about for that league because they haven't restarted yet due, due to COVID and everything like that in that league. Um, but last year, Cardiff won the league. So that's kind of all I can really talk about at this time about that league. Yeah, um, that's all I know. I do know that um, a hockey player from the team I worked for here in uh, San Jose, the uh, San Jose State hockey team, Someone went overseas and played in England. I, I can't tell you the name off top. I think it might be – I have to look at our top scores because his name is escaping me. But um, he went over there, and I think he did pretty well, as a matter of fact. But, yeah. Anyways, that's really all I got about that. I know I knew that there was hockey in England, but I didn't know much more past that, I don't think. Yes. Um, now to add – on everything going on this week. Uh, most recently, there was a trade between Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, he was um, between, but he Alex Galchenyuk was traded from Ottawa to Carolina, to Carolina, along with uh, Sidic Pocket in exchange for who did Carolina give up for those two? Oh, I just had it at. It was Ryan Dezingle, the former Ottawa Senator. So Dezingle didn't resign in Ottawa because he didn't want to play in Ottawa anymore. Um, and then he still goes back to Ottawa <laughs> after signing yeah. a contract outside of the Ottawa. So it just goes to say, you can't escape Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, you cannot. So the what's the league called in England? Pardon me, the NIHL? No, the EIHL. Um, the EIHL, yeah. So the guy's the name that I league. know is, is Sean Scarborough. Okay. And he hasn't played since 2017-18. Played a lot in the NIHL, which I believe is also in England because the teams are all from England. Okay. Or at least so. But he played for the Cardiff Devils, and he played for – that looks like the only team in the EIHL. He played two games for him in 2012. But he also okay, played nice. in Australia and all that. So that's that's my guy. That's the only guy I know, though. So nice. That's, nice. that's the extent of my knowledge over there. Nice. Well, I'll we'll definitely have to look into that league more once they get going. Um, yeah. <clears throat> now, so the trade Alex Gachanyak and Sidic Pocket going to Carolina in exchange for Ryan Dezingle going back to, going back to Ottawa. Um, and then Carolina also retained uh, $675,000 of Dezingle's contract. I mean, it seems like they just wanted to get rid of Galchenyuk, yeah? 
Yeah, because immediately after Galchenyuk gets to Carolina, Carolina puts him on waivers. Yeah, so, I mean, good for them. I think Paquette's a nice part of this. Yeah. No. I think that he's about as solid as like a – maybe not a third liner, but a fourth liner penalty killer as you're going to get. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it seems like a salary dump. And they didn't want Galchenyuk anymore. Galchenyuk's salary isn't even that much. Like he's only he's only getting paid a million dollars a year. Only a million. Yeah, that's. that's Maybe a salary dump the other way though, because Zingle's getting three point. He's getting more than both the players combined. Right, but Zingle, Zingle did three years ago put up thirty points or thirty goals in Ottawa. Yeah, Galchenyuk though was good not too long ago as well. This is true. This is true. So. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the like change of scenery. Hopefully, it works out trades but for for Galchenyuk. Well, I mean, except I mean, yeah, already got Galchenyuk. This is down. I think this will be a seventh team now in yeah. seventh team in five years. Yeah, eventually you're the problem. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah I, I want to. Yeah, I don't know. He, he he was in Montreal. He scored thirty goals one year in Montreal. He was playing very very well in Montreal. And then Bergevin came in and everything came in, and then they realized he had attitude problems. He didn't want to play defensively, so they just got rid of him. They sent him to Pittsburgh, or sorry, yeah, they sent him to Arizona in exchange for Max Domi. Um, and then after that, yeah, for Montreal. And then after that, he's kind of been traded everywhere since. I just – I don't know what it is with him because he, he does have a lot of skill. Like, he's a very talented player. But he seems not to want to play defensively. Well, it's a, it's a story as all this time in sports. Yeah. Talent doesn't do everything. If you don't want to be a part of a team, they don't want you. Yeah. He doesn't seem to play for It seems like that, that kind of wrecked his career up to this point. So – yeah. He almost seems like he doesn't want to play for the for the crest in the front. He only wants to play for the name on the back. Yeah, kind of I don't know. I think that's kind of tough because, you know, there's really – no one looks out for players. Right. Like, you know, so I never really get that mad when players do that because, you know, you look at guys, guys just get traded. Like, you can just get traded with no, you know – get traded and get sent down. You, there's a lot, you know, 90% of the power is in the hands of the teams and the owners. So I don't necessarily get mad about a player taking some of that power back, but when it's three, four times now with Galchenyuk, you start to think he's the problem. So, exactly. Right. So yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, but at this time, I guess he'll be playing. And again, I don't know if he's going on waivers for Taxi Squad or if he's going on waivers for AHL. They haven't clear. Do you have yet. to be put on waivers to go to Taxi Squad? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh well, maybe. I mean, Galchenyuk. I don't know. He if he's a if he's an attitude problem, they're not going to want him down with his AHL team. Right. That's just that just doesn't make sense. So he's probably going to be, um, probably going to be doing taxi squad and staying isolated and all that good stuff yeah and maybe uh rod the bod can sort him out yeah if anyone can a tib <laughs> or tortorella 
Yeah, although Torts is already getting into fights with Line A, so. Well, actually, Line, a, Line a did come out and say that was his fault that he got benched, so I'll give him that. Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to say? This is what I mean where it has to work for Line A now. Like, Line yeah. A didn't – no, I guess not. It has to work for Dubois a lot more than it has to work for Line A. But Line yeah, did have – didn't he score two, three goals in a game already? Yeah, like, like Line's been playing well. He had that one game where he got benched, um, and then after – he came out and apologized for his actions, and like he said openly, like it was his fault that he got benched. Don't be mad at Tortorella; like he, he was in the wrong. So I think Liney's already kind of sorting out his attitude. I think Torch is already fixing him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because what what's Liney going to say? He can't go in and burn another bridge, so of course he's going to say that. I mean, he, he he was never burning bridges though. Like he never really complained much when he was in Winnipeg. Yeah, I guess yeah. It's the other way. If this was happening to Dubois, it'd be a different story. Yeah. Like he Line, um, I like Line. Yeah, me too. Like in Winnipeg, he he was a bit lazier. I will give him that. I will admit that. Like he wasn't like the most putting he didn't put the most effort in defensively. But he did score goals. And that's kind mm-hmm. of kind, yeah, I think on defense if you score thirty five goals. Exactly. I think Torts is going to kind of change that mentality in him, kind of, kind of like how uh, Trotz did with Ovechkin when Trotz went over to the Capitals. Mm-hmm. It'd be funny to see Line a go play in with the Islanders. I would like to see Line a in a Trotz system and see how that worked. That'd I mean, interesting marriage. It could work. I mean, I guess it kind of worked with Barzell. It worked with Ovechkin. Yeah. Yeah, what a crazy story that was when they didn't give him a contract after he won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I, that anyway. was outrageous. That was but no, years ago too. But yeah, I think I think the line a thing. I think with Torts is, is going to be a happy ending. I'm, I'm cheering for them. So. You hope so. I mean, line A's, line A's. I mean, what conservatively a top five goal scorer. Ah, top 10, top 10, top 10. I mean, yeah, I guess. I guess pure goal score. But, yeah, maybe like top seven. He's good. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not good. very he's far just, down that list. He's still young, though. That's the thing. I don't like putting young guys in that top five yet. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, I want to wait till like, you know, see them what they're doing. Like, you have to remember, uh, this is only his fifth season in HL now? Fifth or, fifth or fourth? Fifth? Uh-huh. So, he still has a while to go. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been popping off, too. I know you don't like talking about it, but we got to mention Austin Matthews, right? Austin yeah. Matthews is being is unbelievable this year. I don't know what happened, but it clicked for him. He's been yes. scoring at an outrageous rate. But Montreal did manage to shut down. To, but they lost the game, right? They won last night. Oh, did they? They beat Toronto yeah. last night? Last night, they won 2-1. Okay, and then they, they lost the other game. What was the score? 3-2? 4-3? Yeah, 3-2. Yeah, 3-2? Yeah. That's going to be a fun series. Yeah. Like, throughout the course of the year. And now Montreal's off for seven days. The next time they play is Saturday against Toronto. Yeah, the Sharks had that. The Sharks had, like, seven or eight days off randomly. But, but now they play every other day. I think Matthews, he, he's good. I'm, I'm not going to deny that he's good. He's, a, he's an extremely good player. Um, Toronto fans need to 
need to stop saying that he's better than McDavid? Oh, yeah. He's absolutely not better than McDavid. But that's just Toronto fans being Toronto fans. Mm -hmm. Might be better. I don't know if he's a better, like, maybe, what's the word, like a volume score? Like, I think Matthews is going to end up with more goals a lot throughout their careers. I bet Matthews ends up with more tucks, but McDavid's a better player. It's not even close. Yeah, it's McDavid's, it's like Crosby and Ovechkin. Ovechkin always scores more goals, but Crosby's Mm -hmm. better at putting up assists, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that'll be interesting to see because those two, their career trajectories are just going to be one next to the other. They're both very mm-hmm. good. So, I think Tor- Toronto media is always going to say McDavid's kind of put McDavid more pressure on McDavid just because it's Toronto. You think t- they're going to put more pressure on McDavid in Toronto? Sorry. Well, yeah, he's, he's from Toronto. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're going to – I don't know. He He's just – his career is going to get wasted. They need to figure something out or he needs to leave. I mean, he's not going to because of that contract, but I think I think Ken Holland will, will be good to build something around him. You would think, but I mean, him and Dreisidel are gonna make it pretty hard to bring anything else in. If you have two players that are that good, like that that demand, because is Dreisidel on a big contract too? I a big in what respect. He makes eight million a year for the next seven years. Oh, eight? Okay. Yeah. And then, and then Connor what makes what, 10-5? 12-5. 5 Yeah, so he got the max. So those two, that's a quarter of your, your cap. Granted, the cap should go up. but Right. Because the cap's what? Isn't the cap 80 this year? 81.5. Yeah, so 12.5 plus 8 is over a quarter of that. That's, that, that's what's tough. Is, is was my point is you know eight million can get you a lot of players. Granted, they're not going to get put up with dry side on those. It's yeah. just crazy that you had the MVP of a league and Connor McDavid on the same team. And we can't forget about uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. Who's and don't didn't they have how's uh what's he he might not have been a number one pick but Puliyarvi or whatever his name was the guy who kind of got forgotten. He's back, yeah. right? Yeah, he's back. Is he doing he was, anything uh, good? He was fourth overall um, in 2016, so right after Pierre-Luc Dubois. Mm-hmm. And so far this year, I'm trying to pull up the stats here. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so far this year, in 15 games, he has five points. Yeah. He's a minus six. Well, not, not great, not terrible. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's never been that good in NHL. I, I, yeah, like two years ago because he, he held up for all of last year, uh, and for, he played forty six games in the NHL, and he only had nine points. Yeah, and then his career his, career's not great. He has forty two points in one hundred and fifty four games. Yeah, but um, he's been very good in Finland. It just seems like he's not good in. On North American ice. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's just I remember them getting him back. But we'll see what ends up happening. I do miss playing Edmonton because the Sharks usually play Edmonton, you know, five times a year, whatever it is. Yeah. And I miss seeing McDavid a lot. I enjoy McDavid. A player that Edmonton used to either get back going good or get rid of is James Neal. (laughs) 
He was doing well last season before the shutdown, was he not? Didn't he have around he was. 20 goals? He was. He was. Because then he had the he had the incentive thing, didn't he? I believe he had an incentive in his contract where a second round pick turned into a third round pick or something in a oh, trade. Was, if he got twenty goals, it was a trade clause with Calgary. So yeah. If he had, if he had twelve percent more goals than Milan Lucic, the third round pick became a sorry, the fourth round pick became a third round pick. And didn't he end with that as the season was ending or something? He would have got that, but he he didn't hit it because of yeah, the, because of the COVID. Yeah, that's funny. I remember yeah. reading about that, but um, and then for some reason Vancouver doesn't look great. They should be a lot better than they are, but yeah. so far this year, James Neal's been pretty bad. He only has two two uh, two goals in nine games. I'll figure and it out. One assist. Yeah, last year he finished with nineteen goals and twelve assists. It seems like he's scoring a lot, but he's not getting up. He's not getting assists. Mm-hmm. The Golden like, Knights no. and the the Golden Knights and the Avalanche might be the best team in the league, by the way. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But yeah, just going through stories with this. How about the Panthers? Yeah, I don't yeah. understand that at all. They're on a tear. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I, I just. I mean, and Bobrovsky's not even playing that well. Am I well, am I reading this right? Or yeah, but it's it's not Bobrovsky starting. That's the thing, right? Like if you yeah, if you look at them, it's been the, the backups playing most of the games, which has yeah, been that, uh, that Dr- contract is going to haunt them. Drieger, Chris, Chris Drieger, whatever it is. Yeah, because then they also have don't they have Spencer Knight and uh, isn't Levy there too? Yeah, Levi's there. Spencer Knight's there in the system. Yeah, so they have two goalies coming up that are supposed to be good, and then this, and then. Also, I think if we had to say the surprise team of the year, I think it's the Blackhawks. It's yeah. not even really close. Blackhawks are getting goaltending from nowhere. But... This, uh, just going back to Florida here, the backup goalie in Florida, in five games, he has a 1.97 goals against average and a zero and a 0.937 uh, save percentage mm-hmm. in five games, which is outstanding this year. And then, of course, you have the Lightning. The Lightning are very good. Well, yeah, but that's not a surprise. But if you want to go back to, go back to Chicago being a surprise team and their amazing goaltending out of nowhere. Yeah, go, out go of back. nowhere. Like, I mean, Chicago seems to always pull these prospects out of nowhere all the time, though. Like, right now, they have I mean, two. Lincoln, right? Lincoln? I believe so. I'm just going to pull up the, the Blackhawks right here and I'll. Tell you right now who it is, mm-hmm. but they have two rookies in the top three and, for for uh, goal for points in the in the rookie race right now, and, and they don't have Kirby Doc, yeah, or Jonathan Taves. Mm-hmm. Patrick Kane is unfair, but that's a whole other story. And the brink has been insane too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have Lincoln and Lincoln has a 2.49 goals against 925 save percentage. Six and two. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's outrageous. Yeah, no, it's who is he? Who is that guy? Kubalik going off as well. There's getting a lot of scoring. And the fact that they're doing this without without two of their studs, too. This Prius Suter kid looks outstanding. 
Mm-hmm. And this Kurashev guy looks great too. Yeah, they could mess around and make the playoffs. It wouldn't really surprise me. Yeah, no. Because, I mean, they're, they do have four games on – they have a lot of games on everybody. They have, they've played 16 games. And they're actually tied at 16 with the Blue Jackets, who are technically a spot ahead of them. Yeah. But then, you know, they have the Lightning have three games in hand. The Panthers and the Hurricanes have four. And so they're not really keeping pace, but that's actually so moving around here. The flip side of that, that I think is very funny. The, uh, the blues are in first place in the West with 20 points in 15 games. And the golden Knights are in second with 19 points in 12 games. (laughs) The golden Knights are good. They have the ugliest helmets in the history of the national hockey league, but they're good. Those helmets are disgusting. Did you see those, the golds? Is that like their, their full-time helmet? Like, what's the story with that? No, it's it's their third. I believe they, they wear it every once in a while. They also wear it with their heritage jerseys, which I'm also not a big fan of. But, um, yeah, they're good. The Sharks played them yesterday. They're a good team. They're, I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Golden Knights are good. I, they're not, the, not going to get out of the Pacific Division, though. The Avalanche are unbelievable. I still think the Avalanche are pretty much the best team in the league. So, if Sharks are chilling in second to last place in the entire NHL. So, that's how it goes. If you want to write teams by uh, point percentage, because mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's how we should be ranking teams this year. Yeah. Because, whatever. That's, well, that's how um, it's going to be ranked. Well, not, not not officially yet, but we should start looking at it that way in case because with all these games delayed and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now we have Tampa Bay, who's in first place in the NHL. Shocker. Uh-huh. Uh, second is Vegas. Third is Boston. Fourth, Toronto. Fifth, Carolina. Sixth, Florida. Seventh, Philadelphia. Eight, Colorado. Nine, St. Louis. Uh, six, Montreal. 11 Washington. Speaking of Washington, they sent Samsonov down to the AHL. Yeah, I don't know how you send your starting goalie down to the AHL. I don't know how. I, I mean, that hasn't been done a lot, I would imagine. Here is the article from Capitals Mailbag on NBC Sports, uh, whatever. They're saying that they have such a good offensive core that they don't worry that much about the starting goalie. And they're sending him down to find his game. So, in other yeah. words, they don't think they, they need a, they need a legitimate starter, and they'll just, uh, I guess, play whoever in that. Yeah. <laughs> and try knows? to outscore the teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they used to do that, and it didn't really work for them. This I don't. Kinda, yeah, I don't know. Who knows at this point, but yeah, they're, they're in shambles. It goes to show, like, I hate to harp on it all the time. You can't just get rid of your goalie. You can't. It, it I mean, just is never going to work. He is young. He is young. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. But I guess they want him to develop his game or something. I don't know. 
Um, and then for today's game, they're also scratching Kuznetsov and Backstrom. There's something in the water up there. I mean, they're they're not doing terribly. You know, they're I don't know if the coach right right, right in the, the middle of the league. Yeah. But... I don't know if the coach is trying to send a message there or something. I really don't know what's going on. Who knows? Yeah, I guess we'll see. They're right in the middle of the league. That's weird because they're also, you know, oh, that's why. Okay. So they've played 12 games and given up a lot of goals. They're giving up four goals a game. So that's probably why, you know, that happened, of course. But yeah. But you can't blame it on the goalie, too. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I still am a proponent. You know, goalies, goalies are so important. And defense is supposed to be so offensive now that you have to be able to stop odd man rushes. You have to be, and granted, you're the goals against average might go up a little bit. Sure, your save percentage might drop a little bit, but giving up four goals a game is giving up four goals a game. I don't think That's it really fair. makes a difference. That, that is fair. Because that means you need to score five to win, and there's not a team really averaging five goals a game. Unless you're Toronto or Washington. <laughs> yeah. And even that doesn't last. Scoring um, will dry up. It's inevitable. Other stories. Um, Quinn Hughes is still leading the league in points as a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Jeff Petrie still third place in the league, tied with Victor Hedman, or tied for second, I guess. You oh, know a defenseman? Of, yeah. Oh, okay. You know what would be kind of cool? What? Jeff Petrie won the Norris. I don't think that would be cool at all. Why not? Because Montreal fans don't deserve it. <laughs> uh, no, I mean he's just not the best. He's not the best defenseman. The the he? Norris the Norris is going to go to. I think the Norris is probably going to go. Who? Hedman didn't win it last. Did Hedman win it last year? I think so. It was either Hedman or Carlson, right? Uh, oh, John Carlson. No, it was uh, Yossi. Oh right, 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 right. Was it? I'm going to look this up because I think it went – I thought it went to – Roman Yossi. Is it? I'll bet you $15. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it was. It wasn't uh, – yeah, he won it over those two. But yeah. I think it's going to be Hedman or Carlson, especially because Carlson was supposed to win it last year and then just kind of fell off in the last couple months of the season. Carlson hasn't been playing good, though. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Hedman has. Right? Hedman has, but Jeff Petrie's been playing really outstanding and, like, it's kind of look. He's kind of looking like the year uh, Giordano won it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But if Hedman, if Tampa stays at the top of the league, Hedman stays at the top of the defenseman points. They're gonna give it to the Con Smythe winner on the best team in the league, trying to repeat as champions. Yeah, that's probably the, just how it's gonna go. That's fair. But so, I, I, I think it'd be cool to see like a a less offensive minded defenseman win it because. Oh yeah, hundred like percent. Jeff Petrie's. Jeff Beecher's more of a stay-at-home guy, and he's he's putting up points like crazy. So yeah, I don't know. I also I don't know. The stay-at-home defenseman's dying. They need to create an award for that. Yeah, uh, I agree. Because then Mark Edward Vlasic would have like ten awards. But he's really 
I mean, one of a few that still does that. And I still love watching him play. He gets such satisfaction out of just killing three on twos. <laughs> like, yeah. Just going and poke checking the guy, slapping it away. Whatever, though. I do want to mention some things. If we can go over to the West for a second. about Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe not about the Sharks per se, but it's going to be about the Sharks at least a little bit. Um, sharks are tough. I don't, you know, not that I don't care about the Sharks, but I think they're the worst team in the Pacific. I don't think, I don't think they're the worst team, but I think that it, it, what drives me crazy is that the Sharks have more talent than Arizona, Anaheim, and L.A., but they just don't have goaltending. It's just how it goes. They I think no Arizona – I feel like Arizona is really underrated for their talent. Like they have a lot of good players. I'm not going to, they, they do, but they're inept in the front office. So they're going to trade Kemper. I bet they have Garland. Who's the real deal. Garland is very good. Yeah. But, um, Kessel's good. Henestroza uh, is not there anymore. Whatever. Um, Keller, Clayton Keller. He's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, who else do they have? That's good. That Smaltz kid, he, he's been pretty good there since going over then, to that team. Yeah, you look, the Sharks just have more. The Sharks have too much talent to be this bad, I think is what I'm trying to say. And I think it's mostly goaltending. Martin Jones has played well. He had the most outrageous uh, two saves in the shootout the other night where he stopped a couple that were just, there's no shot. He got beat and still stopped it. And also, I don't know if you guys have seen any of these, Ryan Donato might be the best shootout taker in the league. Ryan Donato is three for three and has three of the nastiest goals I've ever seen. I think that's uh, an TJ exaggeration, Osh- of course. I think TJ Oshie's going to come. Uh... Yeah, I mean, come for him. I don't know how you can. It's one of those things where you're like, yeah, that was perfect. He waited, 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 shook the dude out and had a wide open net to shoot at three different times. But um, one of them was John Gibson, too. So it's not like it was just, you know, nobody. But. Uh, the Sharks have played a lot better than their record indicates. They've had a couple stinkers, don't get me wrong. They got absolutely pummeled by St. Louis and Colorado, which is why, I mean, Colorado, St. Louis, and Vegas are the best three teams in the division, and it's not even close. But if you're looking at Anaheim, Arizona, Minnesota, L.A., and San Jose as one of those teams is making the playoffs, it's 100% just going to be who has the hottest goalie because those teams are all interchangeable, I think. I think the Sharks are – assuredly better than the Kings. The Kings have, in my opinion, the least amount of talent in the league. Arizona, they've just always been, you know, kind of basement dwellers. They have some young talent, but if they trade Kemper, I think they go down. Anaheim has Gibson, which is obviously scary because that means that they're just always going to be in every game. I think Gibson has the most shutouts in the league. And Minnesota is another one. Minnesota's only played 11 games. So I don't really know what to take what what to do with them, but they're also very good. So it it's the talent level is pretty even on the bottom five in the West. Uh, but yeah. the Sharks, I mean, Evander Kane is playing out of his mind. He's having a good year. Yeah, I mean the Sharks. Yeah, you forget the Sharks still have good pieces: LeBanc, Meyer, Hurdle, Couture, Vlasic, Burns, Carlson. They have a lot of good pieces. And Carlson, it's funny to watch Carlson because Carlson hasn't scored and hasn't gotten a lot of points either. But anyone who watches the Sharks play, Carlson's the best player on the team. I don't think it's really close. 
the amount of times he'll take the puck all the way up and start an odd man rush completely on his own from behind his own net and just break, break out like the chokes through the middle or like the one, two twos or whatever the other team is running to what's the word I'm thinking of that I can't figure out where you're trying to stop a rush. What's that called when you set up defensively a trap guys, teams that are running traps in the neutral zone. He just breaks them based on his skating ability, period. And he hasn't gotten any goals this year. It hasn't been lucky with him in terms of bounces. He absolutely will. But I still like watching him play. Burns is playing well. The Sharks have a deep, the Sharks have talent. They just have, you know, they're not set up well cap-wise. I think but, the Sharks' problem is they have too much talent. They, yeah, the Sharks' talent problem, it's a, that's a fair fair assessment they've never had a lot of bottom six scoring they need those like gritty power forward grinder Mm -hmm. they they need those garbage goals they they need those guys in the team yeah Kane gets a lot of those garbage goals but yeah our two grittiest players is probably Kane and Hurdle which are still your top six yeah and then our third and fourth line our third line last night and fourth line was like Marlowe, Donato. Uh, and those are those aren't great guys. No, so that's, that's that's a decent point. But I you the need problem like a... to me is it it starts and ends with goal with goaltending. You know the sharks the sharks are giving up, also giving up four goals a game. So what are you what are you gonna do with that? Jones has had times he's looked great. He's had times when he's looked bad, and he's had times when the defense hasn't helped him. So, you know, I don't really know what to do there. I will like to say, if you look at the goaltending leaderboards in the NHL, there is a young shark at the top of all of them, Alexei Melnichuk, because he took over for Jones after he gave up six goals a couple days ago. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of crazy. Uh, I was, we were talking about it pre-show, but Melnichuk was in the AHL two days before, went up Dubnik because Dubnik got hurt, and then – Jones gave up six goals and it was funny because going into the game I didn't realize Dubnik was hurt and then I saw Melnichuk on the bench or uh, over behind the glass and I was like oh goodness <laughs> this guy's played two games in the AHL other than that he only has junior experience we're just going to throw him in the middle of an NHL game and then sure enough Jones was Jones and gave up six goals and then all of a sudden there we go Melnichuk's in and he did you know didn't wasn't like he played a whole game but he didn't, <laughs> didn't let a goal win so good for him but yeah. that was good to see. It was also good to see Sharks' first-round pick scored his first goal in the AHL, Ozzie Weisblatt. Absolutely just – I mean, he had a wide-open net on a one-timer, but, you know, buried it. He scored his first goal, and then a couple other Sharks scored their first goals. Ryan Merkley got his first point for the Sharks. Of course, he was picked 21st overall in 2018, and that was for the Barracuda, the AHL affiliate. Um, but, yeah, it's been a fun – fun start to the year and you know for me as you know sharks fan slash someone who works in it i'm excited for what's happening with the sharks because for so long we've been it's hard to rebuilding on the fly like retooling what they call it i think is a lot more difficult than rebuilding the sharks right now remind me of montreal five years ago yeah i mean yeah. At the beginning of the retool. Yeah. When they got, when I they got rid of I Subban. 
Yeah, I don't really know if that's a fair assessment because the Sharks were a lot better than the Canadians were before that. Within the last five years, the Sharks have been to two Western Conference Finals in a Stanley Cup. So was Montreal they, before that. They went to a Stanley Cup Final? And the Eastern Conference Final. They went No, it's so not the Stanley Cup Final, but they went, to the, they went to the Eastern Final like three years in a row, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe. I just think that the Sharks are in a different spot. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know Montreal's spot good enough. Um, I don't know it well enough. And I think the the difference is I still firmly believe if the Sharks had Carey Price between the pipes, they're a playoff team. So, right. and I Which think that, that's that, the difference. That was Montreal's issue five years ago. Was what? They were like they were a playoff team with Carey Price in that, mm-hmm. but they could never get it done. And then they brought Bergevin in, which I guess, and then they started the retool and basically got rid of all the a lot of players like that that were doing any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've said it before. I, I personally love what Doug Wilson does. I like Doug Wilson a lot. I think that in, I think he took over in 2003. And I'd have to look, but I'd imagine he has the most playoff appearances since then of any GM just based on the Sharks missed the playoffs twice in that time. I think Ken Holland hasn't beat for the record. Ken Holland is who? What team? He's Edmonton now, but he was Detroit's GM. Oh, yeah. No, I meant in that time frame. From oh, 2003 yeah, well. to, I would imagine, I mean, maybe maybe Pittsburgh. But no, he wasn't no, they weren't good with Crosby for a while. Because well, also Pittsburgh changed GMs like every two years. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm trying. I, yeah, that's, that's true. You I think, think, I think it was Ken Holland. Because Ken Holland was the GM for the Red Wings from like 1991 all the way to like 2017 or 18. Yeah, so that's just their whole, yeah. Yeah, but you know the the deals of the last few years, I I like personally. You, you trade away Dylan, you trade away Braun, you get picks for him that turn into something. You get a first round pick out of Barkley Goodrow. You know, there's a lot to like. Yeah, and of course you can look at you know fans here are ridiculous. I was talking to because people are just tired of Doug Wilson. A lot of them. And I, I think their criticism is fair in terms of they haven't won a cup. So, yeah. you know, of, of course there's going to be criticism. But, again, the age-old question that I always phrase is, would you rather be the Hurricanes who won the Stanley Cup then didn't make the playoffs for 15 years or be the Sharks that are always in it and are always good and always, you know, fun to watch? And it's something where I don't know. If, if, you're, if you're telling me, like, now – like I could win a cup now and then not make the playoffs for 13 years, I'd probably do it because the Sharks have been good and it would be good to see this group win a cup. But if you were to ask me in 2006, like, hey, would you rather take your chances for the next 13 years and make the playoffs every year? Or would you rather win this cup than never make the playoffs again? Like, I think I would pick being in it every year. It's fun to watch. There's a lot of, a lot of, intrigue a lot of fun players like Danny Heatley was there for a second uh Bill Guerin I think was on the Sharks for a hot second as well Rob Blake was there like there is the team was a lot of fun to watch but Doug Wilson the one thing that he gets no credit for is late round draft selections a lot of them hit for him which is kind of outrageous he had a couple guys in the juniors this year who were late round picks he had Ivan Shakovich, who's now the top prospect who was a late round pick you signed Jonathan Dahlin who's the best player in the Swedish league 
to a PTO. There's a lot of a lot of our international scouting for the Sharks is very good, and it hasn't quite it hasn't quite come across yet. Now he's saddled with these contracts, so you know it, it is what it is. But I personally really like Doug Wilson. People here, though, it's pretty outrageous talking, hearing sports talk for people who do talk about him. I was listening to a guy a couple weeks ago. And I was actually talking to this guy. He was a guy that I know from the San Jose State hockey team a long time ago. <laughs> he was a he was trying to tell me that the reason the Sharks are bad are Doug is Doug Wilson. And I said, okay, well, why? And he said, you know, he signed a whole bunch of bad contracts, and now he's here. And I agree with that. But then I said, yeah, but if you're gonna say the reason that he, they're bad now is this, is him. You got to say that the reason they were good was him too, right? Like. The reason they made those Stan- the Stanley Cup and those conference finals is because they were good. And he goes, oh, no, no, they're good in spite of him. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, well, they make good moves, even though he doesn't want them to. And I'm like, so the bad contracts are him, but the good contracts aren't. Like, that's what you're saying? And he, yeah. Like, you're absurd. That's just That just doesn't make any sense. Like, that, That's what every team, though. Like, I, I had Montreal fans. They gave me the same argument of Bergevin. They're like, Oh, Bergevin's a terrible GM. They should fire him. I'm like, okay, why? Like, they're like, well, like, like he, he only likes old players. I'm like, what do you mean he only likes old players? Like, most of our team are under they're under 25. Yeah. No, and this like, guy yeah. who, was, who I was talking to, I really like his hockey opinions a lot. But that was one where, I mean, I was like, you can't, you can't logically say that the reason they're bad is him, but the reason that they're good is not him. Because you're saying that he has unilateral control and makes all these bad decisions. And then when the decisions turn out to be good, it's not him. Like, what are you talking about? That just logically doesn't make any sense. That, but just some people, they don't like, don't like certain GMs. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's, it's it, like the it's age old saying. To, it's hard to chase, a, chase people around with a record over the last 15 years when they haven't been good for a couple of years. And I get that. But I think Doug Wilson's never had a chance to retool. I think he's always been good, and I think he's shown that he's one of the best GMs in the NHL at keeping a team relevant in terms of he never won the big one, but I think that's goaltending. Sharks never got and signed a premier goalie, which you look at Bobrovsky, and you don't really want to sign a premier goalie after stuff like that. But You uh, want to draft one. You want to dra- yeah, you, for, yeah. for a premier goalie, you want to bring him through the draft and develop him. Mm-hmm. And I, I – I think the Sharks, what they need is to get a really good goaltending coach and development system. They have Nabokov now, who is, you know, the Sharks' Sharks all-time leader in wins. So I don't know if that really does anything, but he's the development coach now. And I think he's I remember like, Nabokov, like, he was really good, and then he got really bad one year. I don't know where. Nabokov, Nabokov was... Yeah, he was like lifetime. If I had to guess, probably like two seven five goals against, two eight maybe. But he had he was a Vesna finalist one year. He split time with Vesatoskula, Leafs legend, and he won the Calder. So I mean, like Nabokov was a good goalie in his own right, but yeah. he was never able to put the Sharks over the hump. And I think the best way to say that is the Sharks never they made the two thousand four. Or whatever that year was, was it? No, it was 2006 when uh, Tampa and Calgary played. Is that 2006 in the in the Stanley Cup? Because the Sharks lost yeah. that Western Conference Finals to Calgary. That was with Nabokov. 
But then after that, I think the next time they the Sharks made it was 2000 and whenever the Canucks were there. No, it was with the Blackhawks. And that was – that might have been with Miami at that point. I don't know if – Yeah, because that was – that that was like, at that point, I think the Blackhawk was an Islander. Yeah, he was an Islander for a while. He wasn't bad, but he definitely – his best days were in San Jose. Also, story about Evgeny Nabokov, probably the coolest dude I've ever met. He, Because uh, he was the goaltending coach for the Barracuda for two years before this. And then when Pete DeBoer got fired, everything got shaken up because the whole coaching staff got fired except for Bob Bugner. And then Bugner just brought the entire AHL coaching staff up with him. And um, But I was at a, a media day two years ago, and I was, you know, broke college kid. And Nabokov is out there skating around before practice, just shooting pucks and doing whatever. And he comes up to me and I'm like on my phone, just kind of zoned out. And he just smacks the glass with a stick right in front of me, scared the living crap out of me. And I was like, oh, what's up, man? And he goes, how much? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, how much? And I'm like, for what? And he says, he's motioning and he says, how much for me to hit? the other net like he's trying to shoot the puck all the way across the ice and hit the post and he's like how much and i was like i don't know 20 bucks and he goes how about five thousand i'm like no i don't have five thousand dollars like no he goes all right all right ten thousand and i'm like no i'm not betting you ten thousand dollars on this and it was just one of those things that it's like cool when someone you looked up to growing up turns out to be a really cool guy and he goes he goes, all right, I get 10 chances, $20,000. And I'm like, no, like, I'm like, no, nah, like we're not betting anything over like 20 bucks. Now I'm in college. Like you got to chill here. Like I don't have money. And uh, he ended up <laughs> laughing it off. And he's just, yeah, he's just that kind of guy. Seems always to be happy to be at the rink. So that was, that was a fun one. But uh, yeah, that, never forget that, 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 was, that to me sounds like the most Russian story I've ever heard. <laughs> How much? Yeah, how much? And I was just like, man, what are you talking about? But yeah, it was uh, it was yeah, it was it was good to see. It was fun to see him be like that. And yeah, the sharks. Also, side story about my childhood. Um, A couple years ago, they did a every AHL team that the sharks had ever been. They did a, a retro jersey night where they had like the Kentucky Thoroughblades, which is probably it's just a horse with with hockey skates on great logo but they brought all these guys up that used to play so doug murray jonathan chichu dan boyle they brought all these guys up to interview and it's just cool to see like a team and i'm sure montreal has this because they have so much history and so much uh kind of lore about them a team that reaches out and keeps their alumni around like you saw it forever where you were wondering what the heck chaka was doing not having shane doan be a part of the arizona coyotes and it's just a fun thing to see. I think it's a mark of a good organization because even when the players aren't getting paid there anymore, they want to come back. So, yeah. you know, it's, mm. a, it's definitely fun. That, that is one thing I think Montreal does really well. Um, Toronto didn't do it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, for some reason, like, uh, 19, I forget what the year was, but recently they started bringing back all their alumni. But, like, for a long time, Toronto just, like, cut off all their alumni and whatever, for whatever reason. Montreal, they have always been really good at keeping their alumni around. Um, Ottawa, they were really good at it, and the owner kind of stopped doing it because the owner, Melnick, has his 
just problems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like you said, Montreal has hasn't really got to keep all their alumni around. Uh, they've yeah, they've always had they, they have nights for certain players and stuff. They have a Jean Beliveau night where they have a number four on the ice and stuff like that. Um, yeah, the Sharks. It's interesting because they just don't. All their legends are still playing for the team. You right. know, so they just don't have they just don't really have that. I mean, obviously Patrick Marlowe's number will get retired, Joe Thornton's number will get retired. I wanna say Vlasic? I don't know if Vlasics will get retired. Probably I don't know, maybe. Vlasic played a lot of games. Burns, I don't know. Because Burns had Burns probably. I don't know though, because I mean Burns is a Norris winner. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I mean, they didn't retire. And also, I was listening to an old episode of this. Someone was talking about how the Sharks just like all the old Ottawa players. And I think the person who said that was a Toronto fan. I just want to point out on this podcast, the Toronto Maple Leafs take all of the old Sharks players. Like, I don't want to make this a thing, but like Owen Nolan, Vesa Toskala, Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, all after careers in San Jose just went straight to Toronto. Aaron Dell as well. So, like, you can say what you want, but, I mean, it must like which, something we're doing. Which old Ottawa player? Uh, it, was, the... well, it wasn't old. It was um, Hoffman and Carlson. That was the point he was trying to make. They got Hoffman, who I think they traded a fifth-round pick for Hoffman, then immediately, immediately swapped him for a fourth-round pick. So, like, hey, pretty good move. And then uh, for Carlson, too. Which, oh, yeah. like, they brought Hoffman with Carlson in the trade, but the reason why Carlson wanted to get traded was to get away from Hoffman. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like, oh, uh, yeah. by Hoffman. <laughs> yeah. And then they trade. Yeah. Doug Wilson's in a few of those too. When John or uh, Martin Jones was on the Kings before, of course. Yeah. They wouldn't, there's no way they were going to trade a goalie in our division. That's just never going to happen. And so he, he brought in a third partner and Martin Jones was actually a New Jersey devil for a hot second before they traded with him. And it was a three-way trade that was in place. And then he still ended up in the division. But yeah, I digress. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. And also, I know we're wrapping up here, but I do think we need to mention one more thing. And that was a blasphemous thing you said in the group chat. So we have a group chat here that goes around and uh, Liam listed all of his current first ballot Hall of Famers and had one big omission that I don't know if he's changed his mind on, but... He's trying to say that Joe Thornton is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I think that's just the most absurd thing that anyone's ever said. Because if you're talking first ballot Hall of Famers, you're talking Sidney Crosby, you're talking Alex Ovechkin, probably one or two people I'm forgetting, and you're talking Joe Thornton. There's like, it's not even a question. I did not say I didn't want Joe Thornton in there. That you, was not you argued against it. You tried to say that Carey Price and you tried to say Shea Weber was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, I, I get that you're biased, and I get that my bias too, but, like, Joe Thornton's going to finish second all-time in career assists. Literally the best pure passer the game's ever seen. He's first ballot. He's the definition of first ballot. All right, all right. <laughs> yep, it's way different to try and defend it in live. But, I mean, uh, I I did change my opinion in the group chat too. You forgot to mention you that did. part too. You did. So yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bring it up. Just like the other guy who said Connor McDavid wasn't the best player in the league. It was wild group chat. You mean Paul? <laughs> yeah, Paul. Wild group chat. Call you uh, out, Paul. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, and he still defends it. He tries to say Sidney Crosby's better, and that's just, I mean. I mean, whatever. Crosby's better all time. 
Yeah, yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking right now, this exact second. McDavid is better. He has more talent than Crosby does right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to, like, bash on it, but it, it is what it is. Like, Crosby's getting older. He's slower. McDavid mm-hmm. has more talent. The only thing Crosby, I will, I will say that Crosby has more of or better at, is Crosby has, has a better hockey IQ. Yeah. And it's funny because if you put that, – that'd be a fun thing to do if we all did our own fantasy draft. If we put every player in the NHL up, I mean, the top pick – it's got to be Connor McDavid, right? Like, if you had a pick of everyone, I mean, maybe McKinnon. But – I'd pick, pick McKinnon first in a fantasy draft uh, if I'm building a team. Pardon me? I don't think I would. I think I would go McDavid. But here's my reason why I pick McKinnon over McDavid um, in a fantasy draft. If I, just because I'm thinking like building a team, I like mm-hmm. McKinnon's contract better. Well, no, yeah, of course. I, I'm talking like just you know you're building a team like money aside. You're okay, going so, you're going McDavid. Yeah, money aside, just like the player, I I'm going McDavid. But like yeah, and it's I'm building McDavid, a team. Then probably McKinnon, probably. Um, Matthews. I don't yeah, I mean I, I don't like Matthews. I, I don't want him, but Dreisidel is up there as well. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that's crazy. I mean Crosby probably Crosby, I mean, Crosby's down that list. Crosby's probably like he's first round, but he's probably like after tenth, I would imagine. If you're like picking a team for right now. I I'd still pick Crosby top five just because of his experience and everything and what he what, like everything else he brings to the table his leadership. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. But anyways. Yeah, good episode. Mm-hmm. I'd like to thank all of our listeners. Oh, and also, I'd like to remind everybody to please continue to donate to at Hull's Haven Border Collie Rescue. Uh, again, we'll keep providing a link in the description. Um, there are Great dog rescue that help help out a lot of good dogs. Again, Hall's Haven Border Collie Rescue, good friends of ours. Please continue to donate. Uh, they appreciate the donations, and they are great friends of ours. Also, uh, keep watching our stuff on YouTube. We're making some great content on YouTube, and we're doing you know episodes of our team. Uh, hopefully, next episode we can see if we make the playoffs or not. Uh, we're off to a hot start, but we'll see what uh, this team of GMs can do. I'd like to thank all of our listeners for listening. And uh, thank all of our new listeners for joining us. Everybody, you have a great week and stay safe out there.